do some freaky shit again, and I'ma get up out this chair, and I'ma bust your ass. You wanna rub your dick, bitch? You rub your dick when you get off the motherfucking train. I wear speedos. When I'm at the store, you know I'm wearing my speedos. When I'm doing cardio, I'm wearing speedos. It feels super breezy like I ride tornadoes. Swimming, swimming, swimming. I'm sorry to be so stern with you, Barbara. But you do disappoint me. The way you slink about in a uniform two sizes too small. And no name tag. It's bullshit. Absolutely crap. There's no such thing as white privilege. It's more like white getting screwed in the re rear. Welcome to Last Minute Earth. My name is Lex Jordan. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt's taken the past two weeks off to seriously reflect and explore his sexual identity. What's coming next, Matt? He's drawn no conclusions as of yet, but boy, is his ass sore from all that research. <laughs> uh, you, have you done, are you gone on a listening tour? or a, uh, uh, I just saw someone actually did a sexual identity uh, reevaluation time, which is a new thing you're supposed to say. If you're, not, if you're a celebrity and you're not ready to declare yourself as pansexual or gender ambiguous, you'd say you're doing a self-reflection tour. Do you need more than an hour to figure that out? It seems pretty cut and dry. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm also, as you know, for the last, uh, my entire life, I still declare anyone who's, any dude who's had a cock in his mouth is gay. Yeah. It's declared. It's now declared. It's not declared. Is there another school of thought on that? <laughs> no, like, I just, well. What if it was prison and there's a shank to his head? There was, we're going to talk about The Bachelor later. There was a Bachelor guy who came out a couple months ago, came out. He was out. Then he went on. Then he said he was gay, but then he wasn't gay anymore. He went on the Bachelor as a straight Bachelor, and then he declared he's gay again. I saw that. He wasn't sure he was gay, but he had like relationships with like nine different men. So like, you know, what were you, what was what were you what were you equivocating on? I guess you could say I changed, but you can't really say. Are I you supposed to on the Bachelor like pitch why you're the ideal mate? Yes. Like the perfect husband, you know, like I'm a, uh, you know, I, I am a marine biologist and I run marathons and I've sucked 12 dicks. I think he could be a good husband just because he uh, goes to the truck stop every couple. Every couple. Although, uh, uh, you know, that's not, I would say that's not, especially in, in, in our circles in Hollywood and media, that's not, a, being gay is not an immediate disqualifier from a heterosexual marriage. Right, there's a lot it's kind of, of encouraged. There's a lot, a lot of, of there's a lot of people that have heterosexual marriages in this town who are the dudes are clearly going out and sucking sucking dick somewhere. So, and I think their wives know. I don't think it's like on the down low. I think they just kind of know. It's a, a marriage of convenience, you might say. Um, yeah, I don't know how that works if they bring people home because they have kids. But you know, you can afford a hotel room any night you want. Wasn't Kevin Spacey married at some point to a woman? I know Elton John was. I I just can't remember. Elton John had a big. Probably before your time, he had a big wedding to a, su a female supermodel. There was a, like a time when he just did that. <laughs> he just did that, and it was yeah. like, oh my god! He's, can you, all the ladies are like, can you imagine being with Elton John? What a what a husband! What an ideal husband! But that's not even like no one would think he was straight. I mean, well, he was he wasn't officially out, and then he married like a super hot young model, and everyone's like, oh, he's just a quirky dude who uh, you know like queer, he was queer baiting maybe a little bit, but he likes chicks. Obviously, why would he marry Miss Universe or whatever? And uh, that lasted like six months to a year. <laughs> I, don't think he ever, I don't think on his wedding night he went off with some other dude. Was... I maintain that's a real dick move. Because <laughs> yes. It's not fair to the woman. And uh, I'm sure in that case, she knew. it was Ellen John. I think she knew. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm pretty sure she knew. But if the woman doesn't know, that's, it's kind of unethical. It's very unethical. I it's... mean, hey, you, you should, cheating is unethical in the first place. Um, I think we know that 
gay men have more STDs than whoa, straight whoa. men or straight women. Are you still running for West Hollywood City Council? Because <laughs> I say no. The answer is no, no. Can I pull my 25 bucks If you're back? blowing guys at truck stops, I'm just saying this is not safe behavior. It's not safe because uh, you're generally doing risky stuff to begin. You're engaging in risky behavior to begin with. With like, people that take insane risks. Yes, Like exactly. hang out at the truck stop. Exactly. Like conceivably, you could use a condom and be safe all the time, I suppose. But or almost all the time. But yes, I agree with you. Uh, it's unfair. And I think that's how, like, uh, um, I'm pretty sure, I'm just going to generalize here. That's how like AIDS spread through the black community. Was because so heavily was because dudes who were, there was officially no gay black people, yeah, and so the men who were gay had to have wives and girlfriends, you know, otherwise less they'd be accused of being gay. It's like being Russian in Russia, you have to have a girlfriend if you're gay, mm-hmm. and they were just you know banging dudes or blowing dudes on the side, and then they're giving age to their their girlfriends and wives. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Is a glory hole? We all know the <laughs> term and it's humorous and yes. I, I would suppose intriguing for some of the population. Does it exist, or is it just a thing like a donkey punch that 14-year-old boys fantasize about and joke about? I don't understand. I never understand. I mean, I understand the porn term, and I I, I understand the whole uh, uh, allure of it as a porn thing, Mm -hmm. but I never understood if... You could if a if a dude was gay and he could get go to a cl- any club he wanted to and get blown by any dude he wanted to, why he would need to go to a a a, a punched out hole in, the, <laughs> hole in the wall to like, I mean is is the point that it's like is there is the joy of it that it's completely anonymous and you don't know who the person is, or is it that it's probably some ugly fat mofo on the other side and you don't have to think about that or is I it, think it's like a game show like what's behind door number three type of thing but yes. then I guess you never find out. I mean, maybe it's more for the person on the other side. That's what I think. Because they're uh, they're wondering who's fucking them, and maybe they're a three hundred pound trucker. So they're like, okay, I'm not I'm not going to have Keanu Reeves fuck me, but right. I don't know what's on the other side. So in theory, I think you're right. I think be you're right. That. Because I, I assume I, you would know this well more than I would. <laughs> I assume if you're a semi, if you're a five out of ten on the male uh, attractiveness chart, you can do pretty well at any gay club you want. Um, so like I don't, I don't pay for a lot of drinks. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like I'm saying, it can't be that hard to get blown at a at a gay nightclub if you're like not just just horrifically looking. I think so. So I, I to me, I think you're right. I think the I think I think glory hole advice to people: don't look around the don't look around the corner. <laughs> right. don't, 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 don't do it. It's not going to be it's not going to be Brad Pitt. It's going to be it's going to be the dude from like my eight hundred pound life. Yeah, just tell yourself <laughs> whatever you suspected was real that that's that was what it was or that it's a hot woman i guess work <laughs> in the case this week's show is sponsored by kamala harris's nervous forced giggle uh, nails on a chalkboard your time has come there's a new painfully shrill game in town kamala harris's nervous forced giggle by the time you hear it you're already sterile i i just can't politics aside i can't stand that woman <laughs> like was that about visiting the border no I just, I well she did the giggle whole... yeah so she did the she's she uh well, they sent her to guatemala which i believe you don't send anybody you want to be around to guatemala <laughs> But she's the first black South Asian mixed hybrid person who was also elected to an election office and has a husband who's mixed race to visit Guatemala ever. I don't know. She is. Know. And when she got there, apparently everyone hated her because uh, a couple of things. One thing, I mean, mostly what people don't realize is that Guatemala is not really very for- progressively, for- gender progressively forward. There are no fee- like it's a patriarchal society, and they just I think the women are literally barefoot in the kitchen, yes. the dirt floor. Yes, like like there is no female empowerment movement where like women were chanting like Kamala, we want to be like you, and we, like their husbands would beat them. So like 
you know, we sound like these very progressive, like woke people overseas to so these really back word nations and expect they're going to be like seen as like, oh, you know, inspiring, you know, women or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. And, and they don't. The women are there just like, oh, please don't come because like my husband's going to beat you just for showing up. <laughs> like, you know, like it'd be like, you know, but like a Guatemalan wife does not go to like a, a women's empowerment forum. Right. And this is what it was. This is what it was. And so I think they just don't. She didn't receive the reception she wanted. And then she said the thing about not that strange comment about I haven't been to I've not been to Europe. Like, did you hear that comment? So uh, Lester Holt on NBC said the, the, the question was and even I think sympathetic media outlets to her are now asking her like, you're in charge of the border, but you've never actually been to the border. Like, literally, you've never been to the U.S.-Mexico border. And especially now, you're actually in charge of it. And then she said, giggled, a horrible giggle, um, which we've all heard before by some girl in high school we couldn't stand to be around, um, and said, well, I've, I've never been to Europe. And everyone's like, okay, well, that was the worst dodge I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Like, just pointing out places you haven't been. Like, It's a bad analogy. It is a really bad analogy. But then I thought to myself, you're like a rich 56-year-old woman who was single till she was like 45 or 50. how have you never been to Europe like who hasn't who hasn't been have you been to Europe I'm I am honestly insecure about the fact that I've never been to Europe if you let's say you were independently wealthy I mean she's not like crazy rich but she's had money she's had high profile jobs she's been in the fucking she was a US senator for God's sakes uh, they go on junkets and trips all the time how have you how do you get to be 56 wealthy and largely single and never and a woman let's, I'm going to save you there Who's never been to fucking Paris? Like, how is that? Like, how is that just a thing? Like, how do you get to be considered so worldly if you've yes. never been to the world? Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about like traveling to like like in Indonesia to go backpacking with some you know crazy Islamic you know fundamentalists. I mean, I'm talking about going to Paris and having dinner and going to the Louvre. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I never, or London or London. I, I for me, it was always a combination of too busy or too broke. But it's something I talked about a lot, and I really would like to go. But you're right. I mean, you would think it's weird, even as like the vice president. I know it hasn't been that long, but you would have thought there was a conference. Yeah. Or well, she was a senator for six years, I think. Lobbying, meeting. She was an attorney. She was the state attorney general. She was a mayor. I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I, I assume Gavin Newsom's been to Europe quite a bit. I mean, I just assume like anybody who's rich has been to, has been right. to Europe. It's like, you know, again, it's not like, I'm not talking about like actually spending, living there for a year. I mean, going on a 12 day tour of the wine country in France. It's just like, yeah. Who? I mean, it, that to me, like that when she said that comment, it was so stupid. That's the first thing that struck in my head. Like, how do you get to be fifty six, and, and and a world, you know, the second in, in charge of the of the nation, and you've never been to, even been to Europe? And her, I guess I don't know her bio, but her parents are like um, Jamaican, right? One's Jamaican, one. Don't Indian. you like to visit those places? Like, fly through Europe and anything? It's just something that was a that was a thing I picked up on. It was a strange analogy to begin with, but. It, it was really laughter. That, that, that I just can't stand that. Like, and it's mostly women. Some dudes have it, but it's mostly women have that shrill sort of fake laugh, right? Nervous laughter, and it's just I don't know where they learn. I guess certainly learn from their moms, but it's like it's so fucking. Well, my you know. thought on that, and I am not real informed. I know the situation at the border is bad. I don't, I don't know what her role is supposed to be. But my thought, what I like to do is I go off my gut reaction. And then uh, I don't read the article. I fill in what I think about <laughs> yeah, it yes. in terms of my intuition, which is what stupid people do. But I don't have time to read all these articles. And I thought uh, she doesn't want to be photographed at the border because that would be a bad look because then someone could publish it and say, hey, she's been to the border and the border's still all messed up. And then there's that Correct. photo. Correct. That's, that was my assumption. Yeah, but it's... it's uh, 
Yes, that's totally true. But I, is that a viable strategy? <laughs> like, is that like, how long does that last? I mean, they're actually in, like, they were actually in, I think she and, and Biden were in, like, an hour from the border, like, two weeks ago on a trip. Like, they couldn't catch a bus and, like, just go stand at the El Paso, at the Paso border. I mean, I, I've been to the border. I've been to Europe. I, I, I fucking, I'm nobody. I have been to the border a yes. lot. I may have not been to Europe, but I've definitely been to that border. So I'm pretty sure she has the resources. Who's never been, like, to Mexico? Like, like, like I mean, I, I guess she's probably maybe been to Mexico. She's actually never been to the actual border. Yeah. Like, she flies. You know, who, but if you live in California, who hasn't been to Tijuana? I mean, I went there several times. You know, I mean, that gives you a nice, nice real feel for Mexico right off well, the, the I'm border. I'm sure, you know, being a, a representative in California, I'm sure she's been to Los Angeles. She's yeah, obviously yeah. been to L.A., so that's another two and a half hours. At most. She could, have e- she could easily go. Um, I like to tell a story about how my, last time I went to Tijuana, I had to stop going to Tijuana just because it's so, it's just literally, like, if you don't feel disgusting when you go to Vegas, you can kind of get away with it for a couple of days and not feel disgusting in Vegas. In Tijuana, you feel disgusting like the minute you get there. Mm-hmm. Like all the vice is just like, you can't ignore, they haven't even dolled up the vice. Like Vegas dolls up the vice. Makes you feel like they do commercials. You're kind of a criminal by association in Tijuana. I've only been there twice. But the strippers, the hookers slash strippers, are literally 15 years old. Yeah. I mean, you're almost an associate of crime just by being in a strip club there. Uh, There's people openly selling drugs and weapons on the street. Um, I mean, literally, like there's like a little stand. stand. You want to buy like fake IDs, knives, (laughs) drugs, whatever. Uh, but my last time I went there, I, I told I told my buddy, I'm gonna we're gonna stay until somebody offers somebody offers us to have sex with their daughter, <laughs> and it was it was uh, about 40 minutes into the trip. Oh my god! And and I, it, I, was his real daughter? Probably not. That but that was like obviously a pitch that worked in that area. Um, it's like <laughs> I don't like it. And you have you have to walk through this 15 20 minute corridor yes. from the border and. You're thinking, well, the Mexican cops are obviously looking after us. Sure. Like, what would lead you to believe <laughs> sure. that? You know there's eyes on you just waiting for you to uh, fall asleep for five seconds because oh you're drunk so Lose they your can kidney. rape you and <laughs> take all your shit. Take your, your kidney. Buy a house with your iPhone. <laughs> One of your kidneys. You're right. People, like, nobody would ever, like, nobody in L.A. would ever go to Compton. <laughs> like, they would be too scared to go to Compton. But they will go to Tijuana and, like, get wasted drunk and walk around with, like, cash in their pocket and, like, a dumb American T-shirt on and stuff like that. There's a little... Lar- I mean, there's clearly the minute you get there... Uh, like, if you ever go... Uh, since you've been to Europe, like, if you go to Rome or go to any of these, like, major airports or railway stations, there's all these gypsy... There's always gypsy kids around. Mm-hmm. And they're literally gypsy kids. I'm not calling them gypsy kids. They're actually literally, like, Romanian gypsy descendant, like, kids. And they will like pickpocket the crap out of everybody. Right. They're like twelve year olds, and they'll do like that, like bump into somebody or do that because dist- they know everybody there has cash or travelers checks or whatever, and they're all dumb tourists. And so they will work those over. Tijuana is like that, but with adults, also, like with adults. Also, like there's just the minute you walk into Tijuana, there's five thousand predators who are looking to take you down. <laughs> like yeah. whatever, maybe they're not going to kill you, but they're definitely going to rape you. <laughs> they're definitely going to rape you. And well, people- think about the scary homeless people in. Los Angeles Venice, yeah. that would kill you for a hundred dollars, yeah. and then think about how much that hundred dollars is worth over there. Yeah, and, and by the way, when you get across the border, there's I don't know two hundred thousand people trying to go the other direction, begging to go the other direction. Right. <laughs> like we're just like, what the fuck are you doing? You're going the wrong way, dude. How stupid are you? We're trying to get out of this shit. You're like you're like literally dunking yourself into a toilet. Like I was trying to get out, you're trying to get in. It's scary, man. I've always that is the border. That's know, what the border looks how like. How insane the world is because I always had this fantasy to drive, or maybe a motorcycle. You know, 
from Alaska go across the Panama Canal and through Brazil and all the way down to the south, Argentina, like near the South Pole. That would be awesome. But don't stop in Mexico. I would be killed. Like, honestly, I don't think unless I had so much money to bribe people and a bunch of security, like I would just be killed. I wouldn't be heard from again. It's like a nation run by... So we have gang and drug problems in this country, obviously. And there's certain territories of, of certain cities you don't want to walk across and stuff like that. But that's all of Mexico. That's literally like... If you... I mean, they have... If you go to like Acapulco, like right along the, the tourist area, they'll put tons of cops there mm-hmm. just to make sure the tourists don't get killed. But if you ever by accident go five minutes the wrong direction from any resort area... Yeah. Not only will the criminals kill you, the police will rape you. <laughs> like, like it's just like it's, it's just a wild, wild west the show. The resorts in Jamaica have barbed wire yeah. around them. Yeah. Which would make me feel really uncomfortable, like someone's trying to breach the wall. But yeah, I mean, if you step outside the walls, <laughs> and, and the only reason you're there is because, you know, they don't pay the workers, and yep. so you get free room service and shit. But it's very gross, and uh, I don't want any part of that. Now, it's, it's probably not a good idea to go to a, a place. I just read a world map of, like, where the poorest countries are. And, like, the actual annual, whatever, the annual GDP per person in some countries is just ridiculous. It's just, like, 400 bucks a year. Yeah. Like, literally, they're living off 400 bucks a year. I don't care how poor you are in the U.S. When you travel anywhere, you're bringing, like, 500 bucks with you. <laughs> you're bringing, like, at least a year's salary in your pocket wherever you're going. Dude, in South Africa, when they had the Olympics there, like, eight years ago or whatever it was, probably longer than that, they were there were so many rapes and there were so many people walking around South Africa that they were the Olympic committee made it so they were passing out these little pieces of plastic with spikes on them that women would stick into their vaginas. Oh, my God. So that if someone raped them... It would shred their penis apart. <laughs> is that a true story? It is a true that story. That sounds like such an urban myth. <laughs> no, they're little, like, they just look like little... Uh, what if what if they, What if you got together with that pawn. girl and she forgot to take it out? <laughs> like, Yeah, it's very... Uh, it's it's tough, troubling. It's, a pain, it's just a, an awkward question, but do you by any chance have a painful stress factor <laughs> in your vagina? Yeah, I wonder what they were called. <laughs> like, I, I just assume you wouldn't forget, a woman would not forget, they get drunk. sponsors on them. Would she get drunk and forget she had it? She had, them her, had sponsors? Well, I, I'm sure you could feel it, but... Uh, that is a... Uh, well, the stories in... in um, it, what was it? In, not Nigeria. I want to say everything bad takes place in Nigeria. Is it Zimbabwe or some country? Where everybody apparently hitchhikes. Like, nobody owns a car. Like, almost nobody owns a car. So everybody, legit people, like, this was a story about a school, male school teacher... And um, they were getting all these school teachers have to like hitchhike to get to their workplace. Sometimes they work like 200 miles away and they go there for like a month or whatever and they have no cars and the buses don't run very frequently. Mm-hmm. So they hitchhike everywhere and anyone who's nice just picks up hitchhikers regularly. Um, but these male, young male teachers generally or postal workers were, were getting kidnapped by these female gangs and raped and having their sperm stolen from them. Because they apparently young male sperm is used in some practice religious practices there, oh. and it's worth like a lot of money um, to get unfettered like virgin sperm or what virgin sperm, huh. and literally they pick the guys up, they would give them like force them to drink something, would knock them out, and they would just fucking milk them, you know, when they were half asleep for like two days or three days in a locked closet. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. You would think you could just get them to kind of jerk off in front of you for uh, I saw pictures of the women. They're not... Uh, <laughs> and also, these are like... I think they're, they're, some, they're virgins. They're like 22-year-old virgins. They're like religious. So they get married. They don't have sex. Mm. So it's just, a, it's just like... It sounds very 14th century. It sounds very medieval. I, I always laugh. I, I hated Trump. But I love when Trump called all this nation shitholes, I did kind of go like, yeah, you know, this is a secret we've all, we're not allowed to say. 
but like the map of like the poor, like the 20 poorest countries in the world and the grossly poor, impoverished countries, 18 of them are in Africa. And the other ones like fucking Afghanistan and then like the Dominican Republic or Jamaica or Haiti or something like that. Where just like literally people are living off on average less than 500 bucks a year. Well, what about like Paris, Texas? I mean, you know, those you are the stones. Yeah, if you, if you threw a dart at a random place in America and went to it, it would be a shithole. Yeah, it's a shithole, but, you know, the poverty, poverty line is $18,000 a year. Right. Which is, like, those people couldn't dream of having 18... Having, having like, even car, two cars on blocks in front of the house. Like, here's my, my theory about poor people in the, in the U.S., and there are some people that, that are legitimately bad off, but usually from drugs or things like that. But just the amount of, like, free shit you can get, you can have cable TV, a car, <laughs> cigarettes... You know, right, medical. You know, can go to a hospital, sit in the emergency waiting room, and get you know, go to the leading ton hospital. Ton of booze, ton of booze. I mean, it's not great existence. Fast food, all the fast food you can eat. You know, <laughs> it's really not. I mean, just look. I mean, it's this crazy thing. But look how much obesity there is among poor people in this country. Like the, the poor people in other countries are dying, <laughs> start starving to death. Yeah, in our country they're fat. So there's a different. There is definitely a different survivability level. I think of for me the only line because when we were talking about all the booze and fast food and yeah. you know loose women, I was like, that doesn't sound that bad. But it's the air conditioning. That's the line. Yeah, because right? I, I could survive. You know, boning uh, weird. You know, chicks from Alabama and and all that who are molested by their uncles, but. The air conditioning, you know, when you're living in a trailer, a lot of times you don't have the air conditioning. Yeah, that sucks. The sweaty, These all are that hot stuff. places. Yeah, I lived off. I think one year I made like nine grand, and I lived really well. <laughs> and then I started getting like, and I was, you know, I was young and single. I had beer money. I had food money. I mean, yeah, you know, apartment was pretty shitty, but whatever. You know, you still dated girls and stuff. And then I started getting letters from like the government and from utilities offering me all this free shit because I was was poor. Mm-hmm. And I was just a grad I was just a grad student, so I was a TA, so that's what I was making. But I was on my official income. So I started getting like you get free electricity, you get free phone service, you get like the the federal government sent me like twenty two hundred dollars like in an earned income tax credit. Like I started getting like lots of free shit, like discount stuff that I didn't wasn't aware of. Probably another five, eight grand worth of stuff for free. So, yeah, you can definitely get by if you're not too crazy to fill out paperwork. Yeah, and also you gotta have not have kids. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like there's a, you gotta not have kids. A wife, one thing maybe, but you, if you have kids and you're poor, then you're screwed. <laughs> then you're screwed. But if you're a single dude, I mean, you can get by on pretty. You can get by with easy living with pretty. Well, little you have money. the constant uh, oncoming panic attack that you could uh, have no money at uh, any given <clears throat> point. It could all. Yeah, you know, one flat tire, and uh, you might be out on the street. That's it, a bad feeling. It is, but if you're working like like a, again a part time job, you're making ten grand a year. Mm-hmm. You're you're kind of beyond that already. I mean, in fucking uh, Chad, they make four hundred seventy three dollars a year on average. Yeah, and they probably work their ass off. So it's like it's like okay, and they're like they don't know where their next Slim Jim or fucking Whopper is going to come from. <laughs> I don't remember ever being so poor that you couldn't like afford the ninety nine cent Junior Whopper. Like that was never. That was never. I don't think anyone in this country can't isn't at that level, and they can't spend three bucks at, for all you can eat at like Burger King, right? When I was in college, I was in the very precarious situation where my parents didn't make a lot of money, but they made just enough that I couldn't get financial aid. <laughs> yes. So I really was. I remember coming to L.A. for something, and I had eight dollars. I had no credit cards. I had eight dollars, yeah. and I got someone to pick me up at the airport. I spent five of it on a beer. 
Yeah. And I, <laughs> I got back to Washington. So you're the reason people are poor? <laughs> That's expressing that. I, I I remember being like, but I would just, I sold weed. I mean, I would just sell like a hundred bucks worth of weed. Yeah, I should have got into that. And that was, or whatever, you could sell anything. You could sell, you could go buy beer for underage kids or something. There was always, there was always some vice you get crime. into, like really cheap. <laughs> yeah, the crime, low level crime or lifestyle crime. And you could always make 50 bucks if you needed to. Right. I actually had, a, had an old van. And so I would drive people's shit around, like that people couldn't fit stuff in their car. And they would always pay me 20 bucks to like move shit for them. You could do that like four or five times a week. It was no problem, really. Um, I don't know. Anyhow, poor countries. Uh, don't forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash last man earth. Thanks to all our new patrons. Get on that shit now before it disappears. I think we're one of the earlier people on there. I wouldn't say we're thriving. I wouldn't say we're thriving. <laughs> we were one of the earlier patron, patreon.com sites. Uh, if you wish to contact the show, hit us on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook also at Last Man Podcast. All right, on to the show. Now, I want to talk about Logan Paul. I think uh, you, you bookmark him. You follow Logan Paul, right? You're a big Logan Paul fan. <laughs> I watched a, f- a few minutes of his YouTube videos, and it was it seemed like for like a seven-year-old audience. Uh, you mean the one where he went to like the suicide forest in Japan and had people hanging from trees behind him and like started mocking them, mocking them as they were like, as they were dying as they were dead in the trees? I can't really describe it. It was kind of like that show pop up video from back in the day, yeah. but it was it seemed to be him and his friends doing really normal things such as playing video games and then laughing. The the angle was that it was somehow bloopers involved. But actually, nothing was happening. It would just be like a sound effect, like a boing. Logan Paul is one of those guys who, like, is so. I, I don't think he's a bad dude at all. And his brother Jake Paul, like, they're not bad dudes, right? They're just like sort of like Justin Bieber, although he may have been a bad dude when he was a teen. But like, there are people that like found fame by doing something like moronic. And I try to divorce myself from hating somebody just for being that fortunate, mm-hmm. because it had to be somebody, right? And so and these aren't guys who like. This isn't like the fucking evil corp who goes out and figures out how to manipulate 12-year-olds into liking dumbass videos on YouTube. Yeah. He just put them up and people started liking them a lot. He was on Vine before YouTube. They just started doing prank videos as like 14-year-old brothers, 14, 13-year-old brothers, and then they started getting a million followers. And so I, don't, I try not to hate the player. I try to hate the game. For, for me, there's almost like it's like you get anointed. So like, let's say Logan Paul was just as popular as he is right now but he made $80,000 a year doing yes. this dumb shit. I would f- find him irritable uh, more more than I do now. But the fact that he's making like $10 million a year, I just think is hilarious. So I, I just have to congratulate him. That's what I think. I think I think I feel the same way about Kim Kardashian, about Madonna, about anybody who like is completely moronic to me and I can't stand their content, but they are the best at it. Right? They, they make more than they're more successful than anybody else in this craft that is like there's a million people trying to do prank videos online. Somehow he and his brother got to the top of that channel, and it doesn't happen by accident. It does, it's not a complete accident. There's something about there's some reason why Kim Kardashian, among all the sex tape, <laughs> sex tape, you know, sexually sold young 20, 20 year olds, became worth a billion dollars, right? There's I some, don't know. It's hard to tell. It's always hard to tell if it was an accident or luck. I mean, it's kind of my Nickelback theory, which is if Nickelback thinks they're good, then they suck. But uh, if they know they sucked, then they're actually pretty good. Well, I think if you look at like Katy Perry, let's say, so she hooks up with she's just an attractive, semi-attractive woman with huge breasts who's 22 years old. She hooks up with Dr. Luke, and he makes like five hit records for her. 
she, I mean, I think she could play the guitar a little bit. She could sing a little bit. So one in, let's say, half a million people could have done what she did. Because um, you see it now on TikTok and everything else. And, but she hooks up with the doctor. She falls in the right people. They give her some hit songs. She becomes super famous. Could have been anybody. So, like, that's not luck. It might have been luck for her that she found that relationship. Right. But maybe she hustled and she, maybe she found Dr. Luke and said, like, you're the guy who's going to make me famous. Let's team up. Maybe she, I don't know. But, like, it, but Logan Paul, what, what Logan Paul does and his brother did, they made videos that caught on with young people for whatever reason, what other people doing the exact same thing we're not catching on. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's, they may not have been aware, like you said, like Nickelback. They may not have been aware that what they do is not special. But they still found a way to, like, even now with the boxing shit we're going to talk about, he found a way to market stuff to dumb people. That yeah. doesn't happen by accident. And, and churning out a ton of content, which yes. is work. Like, yes. It takes work. Yeah. It's it, not sitting around talking about doing it. You're nope. actually editing. Yes. It's very simple edits, yep. but you're putting these videos together. You're putting... It's always the uncle. Every day. It's always the uncle, by the way, who's the subject of the prank. I figured, like, <laughs> like, the dad would be mean, but the uncle always gets the, the butt of the prank. Yeah. So, but yeah, you're right. There's a million... You have to set up the prank. You have to get the uncle to pretend he's scared shitless and scream at you. And then you have to mug for the camera. You got to edit it, put the little whatever the YouTube clips, the little emojis in and all that kind of crap. You got to be, I mean, they're both like, I guess, reasonably handsome young men. They were both football players in high school. They're both 6'2", like 200 pounds, and they work out all the time. So they have that going as well. You know, probably like an obese Hispanic dude doesn't get the same, you know, juice that they got. They were perfect for branding. You know, all the brands wanted to work with them. Um, So I try not to hate him until the boxing thing. Then it really bothers me because... Now you've gone from the realm of like, you're making YouTube shit for dumb 12 year olds, fine. It's all dumb. But now you're actually entering a sport where you're ruining a sport. You're actually t- setting out to ruin a sport. Like, you're going to make money by ruining an actual sport. And we could probably argue for hours that boxing's ruined already. Fine. It's sucked for a long time. Mm-hmm. It used to be fixed. There are guys throwing fights. You know, there's shitty, there's no, the heavyweight guys only fight every five years or something like that now. Well, the Mayweather thing, uh, yeah. I mean, not to get too into it, but usually. I, when I look at boxing, I think the point is you knock someone out, and then failing that, we go to a decision. So then you have guys like Mayweather knowing full well when they enter the ring, there's not going to be a knockout, and they're no. they're going to dance around and get a decision. Like to me, and I don't know the whole history of it, but that was kind of ruining it. And and with the corruption, yeah, I would say it's kind of been ruined, but it could have a resurgence. Obviously, I mean, bo- uh, so boxing is still really big if you look demographically among Hispanic populations. It's sort of like soccer is in the U.S. It's like that hidden thing. Like you go, like no one watches soccer, and then you find out there's like 40 million Hispanic dudes watching it, mm-hmm. and that, that it's like the highest that Univision's cover of soccer is just like the highest sports thing of the whole year. Um, it's sort of the same thing. Boxing actually does really well among uh, the Hispanic population. Still, um, it's just tra- there's a lot of Hispanic boxers for one, Latino boxers, um, but for some reason Latinos still love boxing. That's what they watch as their sport. Soccer and boxing are like the two sports. So while it's among Caucasian circles, it's gone down in viewership and pay-per-view and stuff like that, it's still doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, the heavyweight stuff went away just because they don't have good heavyweights. And, the, and again, the guy who's the champ only wants to fight every three years because he gets really fat. The British, the British, the bald British guy. Uh, Fury. Fury. Like, he literally like, fights every three years. He gets to be 300 pounds, and he has to lose like 80 pounds to fight, and it takes him like two years, and then he fights and beats up the other guy, and then they wait three more years to fight again. Right. It's just not... It, it, the fights are fun, but it's not enticing to follow as a sport. But Logan Paul picked boxing because I guess he and his brother are in good shape. They, they did boxing workouts at the gym, and they decided they could just take on fights with smaller, much smaller, much smaller guys. <laughs> you know, I'm a heavyweight or light heavyweight. I'll fight a welterweight, and I guess I can keep my, hold my own because, you know, A, the, the welterweight's 50 years old, 
So, you know, and I'm 24 and I'm ripped and I'm way 200 pounds. So I'm going to hold Well, down. I think they actually train legit. Like, because I watched the, uh, I'm so dumb, man. When uh, Ty- Mike Tyson fought, um, <laughs> who was the guy that he fought? Uh, uh, Riddick Bo? No, I mean uh, in the in the pay per view. Yeah, the most recent one. Uh, he fought. Fuck, who did he fight? I don't even remember. I just remember Tyson. He fought some other old boxer. Old boxer, yeah. And uh, so Mike Tyson had been doing all these interviews talking about how he trains in MMA, and so I thought Mike Tyson's old ass and this other old ass boxer were going to get an MMA fight together. Right. So I was like, that's going to be fucking hilarious, right? Right. So I have a free service that I uh, rip off all the pay per views, which is pretty easy. I, uh, you know, everyone I encourage them to get it, but uh, <laughs> it turned out to be just the boxing, and it was terrible. And yeah. my girlfriend was judging me like, why would you want to watch this? But the uh, it was one of the Pauls fought Nate Robinson, and I was like, yes, Nate yeah. Robinson is obviously going to kick the shit out of this guy because Nate Robinson was very recently a world class athlete, small so, but a world class athlete. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, 160 pounds, and I, I just I just think you're an athlete. You know, these guys are YouTube guys, and obviously, like everyone else, I thought that uh, he'd make short work of him. It looked like a shitty fight in a 7-Eleven parking lot. <laughs> yes. At one point, he was just, like, laying in a supine position uh, and then prone. It was just bad, and uh, I got turned off on it. Well, it's it's boxing is is has always been like most other sports a place where you have to work your way up the ladder, right? It's an apprentice type thing. You get picked out. Mike Tyson gets picked out of the slum, out of the fucking ghetto. He's bigger and stronger than the other kids. So at twelve, someone goes like, "Man, that dude in five years is going to be fucking killer." He's mean. He's angry. He can barely speak, and he's fucking ripped at age twelve. Yeah, and he's already beating people up in his neighborhood. So like, come to my gym. There's always a, there's always that movie or the story where the guy like just wants to help the kid out, so he brings him to the gym. But somehow they turn out to be amazing boxers. Mm-hmm. I think they're scouting them, okay? I think they're scouting the guys. It's not like I want to help the poor kids in the neighborhood. I want to help the poor kids in the neighborhood who might be great boxers one day. Yeah. Um, just like spotting LeBron, who's in the fifth grade or whatever. And so he goes in, he probably has to clean the buckets and clean the towels and stuff when he's like 12, 13, starts getting some time in the ring, starts beating up other kids his age, gets bigger and stronger because he's naturally genetically gifted, plus he's working out all the time. Um, and then he starts taking fights like at 14, 15, and Tyson was... Mostly Tyson was beating up other guys, let's face it. But those other guys had to get beat up by Mike Tyson for like three or four years, amateur ranks. Um, have you seen him fight? Tyson fight at 16, by the way? I'll send you the tapes if you haven't seen it, in the gold gloves and stuff. Oh, yeah, I have it's seen that. It's ridiculous. I mean, he punished scary. the fuck out of other... These are other 16-year-olds who also trained as much as he has. He was so much stronger than everybody else. It was like watching Serena Williams play tennis. Yeah. When he hit people, it was like... At some point, it looked like child abuse. He was the same age, but it looked like child abuse. Because these other sixteen-year-old dudes came in, and he just knocked them dead cold, like in two seconds. It was just yeah. Like, he had the physicality and the mental aspect. Yeah, and it, he's just the guy, the last guy you want to fight. And he's yeah. what, like five, five eight, five nine. He was like, yeah, he was fighting guys the same weight class. But those guys, until you've had a number of years of boxing fans, you don't know how to defend yourself. Right. So when a guy is stronger than you, you see this in um, I don't know if you watch UFC, but Amanda Nunez, she's the female who's just stronger than every other female. So people have their guard, the, def- the, the opponents have their guards up, they have their hands up. She still hits them with their hands up and knocks them out. Mm. Like she still puts them to the ground because they like, oh, I'll put my hands up. She's just so much stronger. It's like a man punching a woman with her hands up. Mm-hmm. She's, they still go to the ground, right? Like their hands right. block, what, 20, 30% of the blow? 
But if a super strong person hits you with your hands up, you're still getting hurt in the head. So it's not like the hands are like fucking like Tony Stark, Iron Man, where you're defending like you're defending the universe with your hands. I mean, they're just hands. Right. And if you're a woman who's not that strong, they go backwards really. They go backwards really easily. So you hit you basically hit yourself in the head with your hand at full speed. Right. Um, but it's, it, but they fight. So yes, you're right. But you can't. These guys, as much as you train, the point is, as much as a celebrity trains in the gym for like six months to fight. It's not the same as someone who started at 12 years old, who's taken hundreds and hundreds of fights, who sparred hundreds and hundreds of times at the gym, who's worked with trainers, who's taken their lumps, who's learned, like, who got hit by Tyson at 16 and learned to defend themselves properly or move their heads. Well, because the point of that, apart from that you're becoming more skilled at what you're doing, is you are building up credibility so yes. that you can have that big pay per view. But if you already, and, and building an audience, and if you already have that audience with a YouTube channel. Right then I guess you can skip that. Um, but I would say for the product, that's got to affect the product negatively, obviously. But also, I mean, how fucked is boxing? I don't care if Floyd Mayweather's 50. He was supposedly the best fighter in the world. I don't care if he's 40 pounds lighter, that he couldn't knock out a guy that's oh, not could, a professional fighter. He could knock him out in a second, I think. But what's, that's not what people are paying for. Well, so. so the narrative is that he couldn't knock him out. You're saying that, because I didn't watch it, everyone's saying it was pretty embarrassing that they weren't really trying or he wasn't how hard how hard can you try to punch somebody if you don't want to knock them out if you don't want to hurt them like literally like literally the whole point of the sport is to hurt the other person as much as humanly possible but then if you're told for business reasons that's not a good idea how good could a fight be when you're when you're pulling your punch literally pulling your punches right I mean, but that's we're the whole supposed point. to pretend that's not happening right i mean if a, if, a, if, a, if a quarterback in a football game is trying to throw the game he can just throw the football a little high sale of pass to a receiver. Mm -hmm. And it still looks like he tried really hard and it still looks, the play works exactly the same. He just threw a foot too high. But in boxing, there's only one thing to the sport, which is punching the other guy as hard as you can. So if you're not supposed to do that, there's not a lot to watch. There's not a lot of enjoyment in the sport. Yeah, I, I didn't even see any highlights, so I don't know how obvious it was. I, I heard they were wearing like even bigger than normal gloves to sure. to keep the. It's not. It's not. A, they can't impact, san They uh, can't sanction the fight because the boxing commission won't sanction the fight. So it's an exhibition. There is a moment. It, uh, there's a clip where you can see Mayweather hit him like maybe accidentally too hard, and he starts to crumple, and Mayweather actually holds him up because he'll no. fall to the ground. Oh wow! Like he goes. He punched him really hard. Instead of punching him again when he's wobbly, he goes in the clinch and kind of holds him up. It's See, I would never, I would never pay for that. No. When Mayweather fought McGregor, my friend Ron Eigen got really mad at me because uh, this is before I had the illegal pay per view service, which I still have, and didn't. I didn't even. You're just flouting that. I mean, you're just, you're just like, you know. Oh, I'm really proud of it. You're like this is like an after police thing to you. It is, <laughs> but because I, I just wouldn't want to give those guys money, even if I was morbidly curious about yeah. the fight. I, there's no way I would hand these two assholes fifty bucks. But this is before that, so it was when Mayweather was fighting McGregor, I think. Yes, or maybe even before Mayweather was fighting someone. Which I'm is like a stupid fight too. I'm not wanting to pay for this, so I go, okay, we can have the party at my house. But I'm going to charge everyone five bucks because I refuse to pay out of my pocket for nice. this fight. And I you're did. That guy. You're that guy. I was in this instance because I, I was just angry <laughs> about it. Like I'm not. I'm, there's no way I'm spending fifty bucks on it. Then I was hanging out with Ron a few weeks later, a few days later, and I said, "Well, you know what I did is I called the cable company, told them that the fight didn't come in. They refunded me the fifty bucks. Nice. And he was like, "And you charged everyone money? <laughs> oh, you didn't get the money. <laughs> And I was like, "No, no, no. I didn't plan this out." <laughs> Because that would be really screwed up. That's quite a quite a scam you got going there. Uh, but he so 
the reason people don't, I mean, the, the guys along the way, not only do they have to learn skills in boxing, but they, the bad ones get weeded out because you lose and you never rise up. Yeah. So even if you think you're awesome and if you're built strong, you, you start to lose. It would, just, it would be like watching a guy who was a great athlete in some other sport be the quarterback of an NFL game. He would just get murdered, right? It would be, it'd be oh, so yeah. pointless. Why would you want to see like the world's best? Why would you want to see Usain Bolt? Be, back in the, way back in the day, the 49ers drafted... Uh, Ronaldo Nehemiah, who was an Olympic hurdler, he had almost no football experience, but he was like one of the fastest guys in the world. And they kept throwing to him, and he could run past everybody. And then he just ran the routes wrong or dropped the ball. <laughs> like it was just oh, like yeah. it was like okay, so you have the fastest guy in the world, uh, which is great if you're running the fastest guy in the world race. But that's not everything about being a receiver. Well, in high <laughs> school, receiver. when I played basketball, you know, in warmups, I was really good. I could jump really high. I was pretty tall could handle the ball well so i'm i'm in the layup line and we're playing against like d1 teams uh guys i'm sorry guys that would go on to play in d1 uh basketball and the other coach would be like who's this guy you got and the coach is like yeah he kind of sucks actually <laughs> yes but you know that didn't get me drafted into the nba no um no you i mean you get you get we i had a guy in my basketball team i was like he was five inches taller than everybody else could not make a layup right. <laughs> it's so pointless it's so pointless he would he, he was like in a league where everyone else averaged about five eight, he was six five, right? And he averaged one point six points per game. <laughs> like it was just being, just having the, the the look and the athleticism and the size doesn't mean you're going to be a fun player to watch. It's not enough, and and I don't even know if Logan Paul has he he he's too buff to have a he doesn't have a fighter's physique. No, so yeah, it's not like every jacked guy. Can be a boxer, but no one who's dumb enough to even think that in the first place. I'm glad you mentioned that, Matt, because uh, one million people, one million people paid fifty bucks for the pay per view. A million people. A million people. One paid. out of every three. Not just doing people. that. Not doing the shit you were doing, like not just the highway robbery and charging your friends money, <laughs> but like actually. And I'm assuming mostly it was not an old Irish kind of bar, right? It wasn't like old Irish boxing fans and bars. So you're looking at teenagers, I would think mostly who are Logan Paul fans. Shelling out fifty, shelling out their parents fifty bucks to buy the fight to watch with their high school friends or whatever. Um, I don't think gir- I don't think even girls. Like, I don't think even girl fans would watch the boxing. I, w- I would guess maybe boxing hardcore boxing enthusiasts. You know Floyd Mayweather, supposedly one of the greatest fighters ever. Maybe out of loyalty, they'll watch any fight that he does. So maybe fifteen percent Mayweather hardcore boxing guys, eighty-five uh, percent Logan Paul YouTube prank fans. Who have an extra fifty bucks, and that probably doesn't even count the obviously doesn't count the illegal stream. No, so no. a ton of people watch this. They did because they get. I mean, this is how boxing has been promoted since boxing began. You know, in your head, this huge underdog has no chance, and then uh, because of promotions and they're talking shit to each other on the on the. Well, also, and, in this case, the underdog is much physically larger than the person they're fighting. And ripped. And ripped. And white. And white. And so you start thinking like, well, maybe the one in a million, I want to watch that. And I don't know why you're still falling for that. But There is a reason, by the way, they don't sanction fights across weight classes. <laughs> they haven't for like 120 years. Right. It's like they used to have in the old circus days, they'd have the little midget fighting like the giant guy. And then he'd run around in circles and like punch him really like a toothpick, you know. And the old guy, was the big guy was too slow, but he would smash him on the head or something and knock him out finally. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, everyone got it together and said, "Like that's just not very sporting. Like we're actually going to have people of the same size fight each other," which I don't like. I, I know we've talked about it. It's 
it, it's not fair. I think the two toughest guys should fight each other. I mean, if you're over 270 pounds, you can't fight in the MMA, as far as I'm aware. 265, yeah. So, well, if, most of them are just, well, I mean, there's very few guys who are naturally that heavy. They're all fat as fuck. Yeah, but what if you're 300 pounds, 5% body fat, move like a gazelle? You just can't fight, even though you're the best fighter in the world. Uh, I would say that seems unfair. I, I haven't seen the person yet who does that. There, are, I mean, the biggest, like the biggest cut linebacker in the NFL is probably two thirty-five, like two forty maybe is the biggest like like muscularly cut guy in the NFL, and everyone else after that is kind of fat. Um, I mean, they're talented and athletic, but all those defensive linemen, offensive linemen, have a lot of body fat on them. Well, now we're we're legislating the sport based on like how you look in a thong. Uh, well, I'm only sticking up for this because I don't even like to watch the heavyweights fight in like UFC because they get winded really fast. They're fat. And at some point, all they're trying to do is punch the other guy with one clean, hard punch to knock him out mm-hmm. because they hit so fucking hard. Like the lightweights have to hit each other like 30 times to knock each other out. So it's more fun. Yeah. But like the heavyweight, the guy having the other fight the other night, I uh, forget the guy's name, but he just literally did nothing for the entire round. In the last 10 seconds, he punched the guy twice and he went, and that was it. And, you know, the fight's over. I'm like, that's not as... It's not as, Seeing guys who are strong as bulls fight isn't as fun as it sounds. Mm-hmm. It's like an actual... If you've ever seen a real street fight, it goes about, oh, six seconds. <laughs> like, it's just not... It's not super sporting. Some guy throws a punch. Some drunk guy throws a punch, misses. The other guy actually knows how to throw a punch. Hits him in the head, knocks him out, then everyone screams, and they all leave. <laughs> like, that's... Yeah. That's every fight ever. Every you know what would be ever. a great idea for MMA, or for boxing, for that matter, is, is find out a, a certain cross-calibration... And do intersex. So a hundred and fifty pound woman boxes a hundred and fifteen pound man, and it's like even, maybe. So you finally found a thing you pay fifty bucks for now. Oh <laughs> hell yeah, I would watch that fight. I would definitely watch that, and I bet on the guy every time. Well, our tra- you can they're gonna have trans people fighting very soon, so you can watch for that if you want. Uh, like that the doesn't dude, interest me as much. The guy, the male weightlifter who's uh, winning all the awards now, like he's fighting, lifting as a woman. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it's not even the guy who was just like, who became a woman and, said, and took up weightlifting after becoming a woman. It was a male weightlifter who becomes a woman and then becomes a female weightlifter. As if that's not a big enough advantage just to be the biological male. You also were a champion male weightlifter. And now, yes, you're on, you're on estrogen and stuff like that, but now you're dominating the female category. It was like, like you were like a, like a dude who was like a skinny, scrawny dude who became a, a twink who became a woman, and then you took up weightlifting, which yeah. might be a story. It's such a prick move. And I don't know how the. Uh, you know, if you go to a university, how they teach this, but but some sort of mystical or, or religious experience where the person that you were is wiped away when you change your name to Jennifer. And oh yeah, I, I used Ellen Page. Person. I used Ellen Page the other day, and I almost I think I was going to be murdered because <laughs> that's such a jerk thing to do. And even even weightlifting it is, but especially in something physical where you're actually encountering physically other people such it's, it's as it's a very or, weirdly religious like orthodox religious thing like you know when someone like gets whatever defrocked from the catholic church or something like that they they, they cross out their picture the jews do it orthodox jews do it too. they actually literally cross out their picture and photos mm. they'll go through the old photos and cut them out or take a black marker and black mark them out because they literally don't exist anymore once they leave the faith or whatever mm-hmm. um that's how this misgendering like this whole thing once they become trans like you're not allowed to say ellen page existed which is just weird because even the, in the Jewish or the Catholic thing, you're actually literally pretending the person was never born. Mm-hmm. In this case, you're pretending the person's still there. You're just pretending the first 32 years didn't really happen. If it did happen, it kind of happened maybe to a guy. Yeah, like, like, are we going to have to do... Remember when Kevin Spacey was starring in that money, movie about the Gettys called All the Money in the World? Yes. And then they replaced him with Christopher Plummer yeah. because everyone found out he was a creep? Yes. 
Like, are we going to do that with Memento? Or I'm sorry, what movie was she in? I, like, are we going to go back and oh, reanimate Juno, Juno, Juno yeah. so yeah. that she's, you know, man. this 100-pound man? I don't know. I, don't know. I assume yeah. you're supposed to, like, and, and when you refer to, like, they already, so IMDb, IMDb changed her name to Elliot and everything, like, historically. I'll, I'll give this for Caitlyn Jenner. I can't stand Caitlyn Jenner. But Caitlyn Jenner's all the interviews now that she's running for governor. But at least when she talks about the Olympics, she calls herself when I was Bruce mm-hmm. and I won the Olympics. Yeah, that's like fair. she's not completely. I mean, she's in some fantasy land, but she's not like Bruce never existed. Like I never existed when I was twenty three and won the Olympics. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. It's not like fantasy land. It's just like it's fantasy gender land. But it's not like timeline fantasy land where like you know I was born when I was sixty one and nothing that happened before that actually actually took place. <laughs> Matt, I want to talk to you about uh, child molestation. I always pick a topic I think that you really know well (laughs) each week. Actually, not children. Alan asked in an email, uh, with news, the University of Michigan team doctor was molesting male players. Can we all now just agree that team doctors and sports doctors are 100% fucked up creepy mofos? I don't, want to, I don't want to say 100%, but we're certainly now that all these stories, old stories. So apparently the, doc, the team doctor from Michigan, the football team doctor, during the heyday of Bo Schembechler, Harbaugh, football playing, you know, hardcore Big Ten football of Michigan, 70s and 80s, the team doctor was apparently grabbing dicks of every player who came to see him for injuries and, like, getting off and, you know, having these, like, 19, 20-year-old uh, collegiate players in his doctor's room. And all the players knew it. Presumably the coaches and everyone else must have known it. And no one did shit about it. And this is only the latest of many stories. It's usually female uh, victims. Uh, but oftentimes it's boy victims. It's very rare to adult male victims. But now that those stories are coming out too. It's getting hard to disagree with Alan's email that 100% of these people are actually creepy, sexually creepy people who got into this team doctor profession just to apply their trades. I think most doctors, and I'm not exaggerating, are psychopaths because wow. they, they <laughs> like all three million of them, dude. I wouldn't make it through the part of medical school where you dissect a person. Oh, I see what I'd you're be saying. Be like, I'm out, and um, they they all have this weird, pensive, um, disturbed kind of Eddie Vedder <laughs> look on their faces, like they they don't quite know where they are, and uh, you know, just anyone that can hack off a limb right and just kind of have a, a coldness there i don't even like looking at raw chicken on the counter and they're they're sawing off i mean really an electric saw or depending on the kind of saw that they're using that day right. depending on the size of the limb you know they're just sawing things off cutting things out of people um, i'm not sure every doctor does that but i know i kind of know what you're saying well yeah there's a radiologist and there's a a, you know, a pediatrician who gives you lollipops. Yeah, I was talking everything from surgeon down yeah, yeah. to kind of general practice. And especially because it's like, okay, you can be, uh, you know, you, you can work as a podiatrist or, you know, you can look at skin and help people not get skin cancer. Right. Or you can cut into their intestines uh, with a knife. You're scaring me mad a little uh, bit. <laughs> so you chose that. So I, there's something wrong with that. But, but the team doctor is really just feeling you up. I mean, honestly, the team doctor's not even doing the... They're not even orthopedic surgeons. They're going to refer you to somebody. They're really just going like, my knee hurts, and they're going to like feel your knee and say you need to do orthopedic guy. Yeah. And, and, sorry, feel your knee, then feel your junk, and then tell you you need to see the orthopedic Well, I never thought about it, but with the team doctors, like you're exclusively 
whether it's the Olympics or, or whatever, you're picking a demographic that's young people yes. who are in great shape. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you can't be a doctor and say, look, I'm only going to see hot girls. <laughs> I would have gone, gone to medical school if that was the case. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't want to look at some girls... Uh, hemorrhoid or something, but well, I guess the USC that USC obstetrician for twenty five years who was molesting all the uh, coeds at the USC probably had a decent hit rate on. I mean, actually, this is very crass and very crude, but I would like to the like photo collage of the women he actually molested mm. versus the women he didn't molest, right? To see if he actually had standards. If he actually had standards. Yeah, I don't know. I also don't, and I'm I'm definitely I'm honestly not blaming the victims, but if you go in because you have a sprained ankle. Why is there a pelvic exam going on, and and how did that last that long? Uh, there, I think. I mean, I, 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 like you, Matt. I used to blame the victims a lot, especially young female middle school age girls who have no no sense and are left by their families to be uh, an hour alone with like a fifty year old guy for some reason. Like, like no, like it was so weird. Like with the Larry Nasser thing with the gymnastics, these parents are like stage parents, the athletic parents. They they will let anything happen. They must have known the back. Like, I would think, like, even if the guy was the nicest doctor in the world, he said, like, I need, like, a half an hour alone in the room with your daughter. I would never allow that. Uh, and if I did allow it, like, a real doctor, even, even with real doctors at the hospital or whatever, when they need to, like, take them back for x-rays, so, like, in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, if you're, especially with daughters, probably sexist, you're thinking, like, is that person a creep or not? Like, you're still mm-hmm. thinking, like, there's, there's a tendency to never want to leave your, especially a daughter, alone with a strange man. No matter what the, posi- the situation is, like even the police officer says, "I'll take her back wherever." Like you're still going, like, "Man, that's my daughter." I'm not, you know. But these parents are completely devoid of any of that feeling, and they're just going like, "Oh, you need an hour alone to examine her in this closed locked room?" Okay, like, well, fine. like you made the point that these guys probably groom victims too, yes. because these these essentially stage parents have no problem with putting their kids on restrictive diets or right. making them oh, yeah. drop out of school yep. so that they can get an endorsement with Nike. So, of course, they know these people know that they're more likely to not complain or to allow this sure. to happen. Well, that's why I think, but that's the point I think Alan was making, which is like they're choosing the team, being an athletic doctor for teams specifically, because they know these people, like listening to the guys in Michigan in the 70s and 80s, who are like 20 year old, 280 pound muscular dudes going, like, I just knew the dude was going to grope me, like when I went to do any, had to see him for any reason. You knew they were never going to tell anyone in authority about it. Because, you know, they are trained from the time they're 12, 13 in athletics to not question the coach, not question the program, do as they're told. Their parents are telling them the same thing. It's a very authoritarian subject type relationship right. where, you know, these people in particular, like you couldn't go to like a woke, you know, a group of woke feminists and start like molesting them. That's <laughs> just not going to, you're going to be called out pretty fast. Yeah. But, but that girls who are in athletics or girls in beauty pageants or guys in sports. These are all people who take, are used to doing, having to do shitty, take shitty orders from people and say nothing about it. Right. And kind of even humiliate themselves from time to time with, uh, you know, like there was just this coach that made this guy eat an entire pizza or they'll give him skirts or you got to run the whole practice. By the way, if I get to choose between getting groped or the whole pizza, I'm going pizza if that's the option. (laughs) I will eat the pizza. Well, I get it till you're sick. According still... to ESPN, this kid was a Muslim and the pizza oh, had uh, pork on it. Yeah. Not true, actually. They removed the pepperoni. It had residue. Uh, and I'm like, okay, well, who gives a fuck? Uh, <laughs> I'm still choosing to eat the pizza, dude. Any, any option between eat the pizza and be raped, I'm going with pizza. <laughs> yeah. But there's also a lot of homosexual shit that oh, goes yeah. on with yes. uh, hazing. Oh, for sure. And that's like kind of passed down. A lot of these coaches 
are cre- the coach in a school that I went to. I don't necessarily want to say which one, but they had uh, a hole in their office that was next to the girls' shower. Yeah, and that's a fact, and it doesn't even sound like a true story because these guys are dumb jocks most of the time. They're immature. Uh, they were probably had a, a baseball bat shoved up their ass yep. when they were a freshman on the team. Yeah, and so it, it's almost like a church mentality. It just kind of becomes endemic. Although I would say there's the, there's the weird sports guys like the, you know the sports dads and the sports culture and the guys who will like the team bus. Like I think it was in Oklahoma, the freshman high school wrestler got something shoved up his ass on the team bus because that was a hazing ritual. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, dude, we didn't, I don't know what sport you you were in, but that's when I go like, I don't care how much I love wrestling. I, I don't need to be on the team. But um, but yeah, that gay sort of. How sex. do you feel about because this is a, a debate in the in the Greco Roman you know <laughs> traditional wrestling community. Uh, because there was a high school tournament in Texas, and this guy, you know, these guys were dry humping each other, or yeah. whatever it is they do in their thing with their tights on. I think it's called dry humping in the wrestling. <laughs> and uh, the guy stuck uh, a knuckle up the, the other guy's ass uh, as a move, and the and his coach was this really crusty yes. old crusty guy who kind of looked like a molester. And he's like, "Look, by any means necessary, you know, we we got to get the win." Oh yeah. And then the other person was like. Well, that's you know, it's sexual assault. It's like, not in the rule book, so I don't know how you come down on that. I'd have to go, uh, no. Well, I would say a, it's cheating, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, whether somebody's explicit, like whether explicit in the rule. Now, I'm going to say this without saying I feel reticently gay about saying this. I played water polo in high school, so <laughs> which I'm going to tell you is the most manly sport ever. But I realize that people don't play it. Like it's like telling somebody you ride horses. I realize it sounds gay, um, despite the fact that we had were the hardest. Athletically working people in the entire school, but the whole the whole game part of the game was to hit people in nuts as many times as possible, or put your foot when you're turning on changing directions. You put your foot between the guy's crotch and you push off mm-hmm. so that he gets fucking winded. So there's a lot of gay, and then in football, of course, they're all the old. It's probably less now. I don't know, maybe in the old days guys bit each other. They pissed on each, they pissed on themselves or shit their pants like on the line to like so guys won't want to get near they, them. They would have little like. St- Twigs and and bark and they would stick it up the fingernails yeah, well, of the other guy. All sorts of hate. I mean, look, man, like you talk about what people in Tijuana will do for fifty bucks. These guys are getting paid, making potentially life life altering amounts of money for themselves and their families. So beyond being com- naturally ambitious motherfuckers, their entire careers and lives are aligned with these jobs. That's why they're taking steroids and doing drugs and all this other shit, like dying at th- some CTE and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the knuckle up the ass that would bother me quite a bit. Um, there is a there is a sexual gayness to a lot of these competitive sports for sure with the guys, but I still say it's a different level when you're the doctor, the team doctor for 15 years, and you're like bringing guys in just to fucking sexually pleasure yourself, you know, sexually pleasure yourself with whatever you get off on. Yeah, um, but it is a lot. But I think you're right. The guys would they, they probably were fucking hazed in high school with gay shit or in college. I'm sure the college fraternity they were in did some gay shit. Dude, I don't know what dudes paddle each other naked on the ass, <laughs> but like, once you've done that, it's hard to complain about people doing other things to you. Like, once you do that willingly, I don't care if you're if you're if you can bench five hundred pounds, you've kind of identified yourself as a dude who will be pu- publicly paddled naked by other dudes. Yeah, it w- it would be hard. I mean, maybe I could have a job on a football team as kind of like the union rep, <laughs> where I would just say like, "Hey guys, like, uh, I know I don't play or anything, but." I can make sure that you don't uh, 
have to like lick a guy's balls as part of an initiation thing. Yes. And we can still play the games. Yes. You know? So I don't know. Well, I mean, literally no one's, I mean, it's sad because, I mean, these guys are going to go on to great careers, but it's kind of sad how they do get, especially college football players get used. I mean, it's, they're exploited. They're not paid, obviously, first of all. So yes, they get a free, I know people have to say they get a free education, whatever. So um, that they may or may not be able to, most of them will never be able to use. And most of them don't graduate, by the way. So they don't even get the value of the, of the, of the, the diploma. Um, but they don't get paid. They're exploited in all sorts of ways. There's definitely a racial plantation, if I can use that word again, mentality to college football through the years. which is like, yeah, we'll let black people play because we can make money off them and not pay them. Like, oh, how very progressive of you. <laughs> like, we could just, instead of killing them, let's just exploit them financially and let them get injured and leave them, leave them and knock off their scholarship, right? So you get injured. I mean, I think it's changed a little bit now, but like you get injured, your scholarship goes away. Go back to the, the ghetto. We don't give a shit about you. Um, so yeah, these, these are, and, and the girl gymnasts, I used to take uh, one of my kids to the gymnastics place just for fun stuff. And they did the serious gymnastics training for girls there, mostly girls, like eight, nine. The girls have been doing this since they're four. They had fucking broken in casts being yelled at by coaches to keep doing stuff while they were in casts, like in, from previous injuries. These girl girls are like, who routinely were having their, bro- their bones broken in workouts and expected to keep, first of all, it's weird for a nine-year-old to have broken bones from athletics. Yeah. So, and not healthy. And it does stunt, they all, they're all little. And being told to like shut, ignore the pain and get back and keep going at nine. Like, like there is a level of insanity and, and depravity to the world of competitive athletics. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the coaches seek that out. Because they know they're going to have, you know, just like a priest, they know they're going to have unfettered access to whatever they want to do. Um, so it's pretty dark. That's really dark, right? So, like, you know, it is a small perc- overall small percentage of the population. But I, I my overriding theory is that the, the pedophiles or the sexual deviants are the smartest among all of us. <laughs> they all have. They're all like they're not like you couldn't get very far as a dumb pedophile, right? Right. They are kind of they're like you know just like you make fun of like some animal a coyote, but somehow the coyote still kills the deer, still kills whatever. It's like doesn't have a great four size forebrain, but it has the skills in the area it needs to survive. And I think they actually think they think this stuff through. It was like, where could I be where I could apply this sort of dirty trade where the, the boy, in this case, the boy, the, the young men are not going to complain about me. I could go on for years and years. And by the way, I'm getting paid pretty well. So yeah. that's pretty that's pretty sweet. Well, don't we want to, in these circumstances, seek out female doctors? Because I think it's a lot less likely oh, yeah. that female doctors going to be assaulting young women and grown men either. I think they might just be doing their job. Not not oh, concerned yeah. with fondling anything. No, my my my, my daughter says she won't see a male doctor. And I said, why? She goes, come on. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like like <laughs> like if there was only in the old days, I guess there were only male doctors, maybe. So you had to. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Why would a woman see a, a male doctor when there's a female doctor available? Because you, in the very least, cut your chances down by 95 percent of having a deviant taking care of you. Are, are there rules now, or did I just make this up? Because I was talking to a girl about how I would not want a male gynecologist. And I think her point was no one does, but uh, they, they exist. Yeah. And I think maybe there has to be a nurse, like a female or another person present when they're Nowadays, doing... they'll do that for, for liability protection. Okay. They'll make sure that you have uh, anytime, like a, a, especially with kids, anytime they're doing something, they make sure someone's present, um, a, a third party, just to mm-hmm. make sure. Um, and again, it's, I think it's just, you know, obviously the person having the third party is not going to do anything. So I think it's just for legal reasons. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, I wouldn't have a male doctor, although there seems to be a lot of male gynecologists now that you mentioned it. Like, yeah, it's just an odd choice. I mean, the old days, uh, obstetricians were all men cause they were only men could be doctors essentially. 
So everyone who delivered babies was all—they're all men. You never see like an old movie where a woman was delivering a baby. Yeah, uh, well, well, that's what it still is, though. They have this messiah complex because all these gynecologists want to deliver babies <laughs> and act like they're like bringing humanity into the world or whatever. They're like delusional creeps, all of them. Uh, I don't disagree with that. I, any gyne- male gynecologist, you, you got me on. I'm not—I'm not so like <laughs> it cuts into cuts into people is is creepy. Although I will say, I don't think I could do it. Um, I don't think I could take someone's spleen out. I think that'd be too much for me. That'd be too much for me. What are the ethics of a gynecologist being like uh, with small talk? Like, oh, I like the landing strip this afternoon. I like how you went because last time you had the full bush, and I like how you. That's nice. Anyway, are they allowed to do that? I have never seen a gynecologist before. <laughs> like, I just don't know what to say. Well, someone let us. Well, know. when my wife was pregnant, we used to see. I did go in with her to like see the, the you know the fetus stuff, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, then I always wonder, like, is it different when I'm not there? But you know, I, I think it depends on your population. If you're talking about like West Side mommies, they're not going to be taken advantage of, right? Mm-hmm. These are very outspoken, progressive women who who complain about everything. They're not just going to go see a doctor who's going to be like inappropriate with them. That doctor's going to be gone pretty fast. They they yeah. know which populations to pick on. They're picking on students, poor people, immigrants. Should doctors have body cams now, like how cops do? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. That's going to have footage. People want want around. Like yes. I'm like, don't worry. I'm going to do the guy in college exam, but I'm going to have a camera on you the whole time. So you're safe. You're safe. You're safe. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. But they do pick on the priest. If you look at the priest scandal back in the day, it was different. But more recently, it was all Hispanic kids in L.A. They're all Hispanic kids, so they knew which kids to like from poor backgrounds with deeply religious moms, often not a dad around. If there was a dad around, wasn't you know paying attention, so they knew which populations, demographics, types of kids to go after. Man, I went in today on TikTok. I think you're on TikTok. How many followers do you have on TikTok? I'm not on TikTok honestly because I don't want the Chinese government to be like spying on my phone. All right. So what's your real reason for not being on TikTok? <laughs> That's like, well, it looks I love all the Republicans are like, all these old Republican guys are like, I'm on TikTok because of the Chinese are stealing my date. I'm like, yeah, you're a 50 year old white dude. You're not on TikTok anyhow. I don't know what you're like. What would you be doing on TikTok? I don't even know what's on TikTok. It seems to be a lot of like teenage girls dancing. Girls or guys dancing is basically mm. it. And, uh, and they do, um, I had to research TikTok. This is why I did it. Uh, I, I've never watched The Bachelor. I want to repeat that. But I have been on TikTok. And, um, and I have been to Europe. But um, they, they dance. They, they do memes. So like if Cardi B has a song out, someone invents a dance to the Cardi B. It's all lip syncing. They, they lip sync to Cardi B for 15 seconds. And they do some kind of meme move. Like if someone's like doing a video trick where their shoes change. Or they do a somersault, video trick with a somersault. Or they come out from the, the top down or whatever else it is. They're doing the same trick that the other people are doing, and they're doing it themselves to the same soundtrack. And then everyone goes like, "Oh, you did that one really well." Mm. So it's almost like gymnastics, but with like video editing or something. It'd be like a talent show, and it would be like a—I don't know if you were part of a middle school talent show. It would be like a middle school talent show, but everyone had to do the same thing, <laughs> like, mm. and then they were just like everyone had to do the same, like every girl who did the, the dancing in, in middle school talent show had to do the exact same dance, the same music for the same fifteen seconds, and we judge who did better. Hmm. It seems kind of like hard to separate. There's got to be like a middle pack that it's hard to say who did better. Oh, well, no one does better. There's only, there's like a few stars. They have millions of followers and everyone else is kind of like, well, it's like Logan Paul. There's a hundred thousand teenage boys doing prank videos and 10 of them become famous. Mm -hmm. And the other 99,900 
they may be better at pranks. Just put firecrackers in their uncle's shoe and then and laugh about it, and no one and no one sees it. Sadly, no one sadly no one sees it. Mm-hmm. But TikTok has uh, uh, has perfected the art of doing this in fifteen se- in like fifteen seconds or less. And again, I try really hard not to judge the content that uh, young teen girls consume, because in what planet is that going to be really intelligent, sophisticated content? Yeah, and I, when I was twelve or thirteen, I, you know, I liked lots of music that I'm very embarrassed about now, so or TV shows that I'm very embarrassed now. So I'm not, I'm not going to judge too hard. But the thing about TikTok is, like, I think it's even fat, it's growing faster, and it's, it works even faster than other social media channels. So Logan Paul and Jake Paul started on Vine like in 2012, and they're like 14 years old, um, and they got a fo- they got a follower, and they had 10 followers, and they had 100 followers, and they like, oh look, after a year we got a thousand followers. They're still making these videos. Then they have 10,000, then it starts ballooning up. So like, there's no, there wasn't, even in that day and age, there was no overnight success story. Overnight success still took you a year uh, and 500, vid- 500 vid- vines or then YouTube videos. But now on TikTok, like, there's this girl, Sienna Mae Gomez, and she's not alone. She did a dan- one of these dances in, they said, she dared to do it in sweatpants, Matt. Okay? So she didn't wear shorts. She did sweatpants. Crazy, I know. That's revolutionary. <laughs> yes. The girls are always in sports bras, and the guys are always topless to show off their abs is the whole thing. And she did the dance, whatever the meme dance was. All of a sudden, she had like millions and millions of followers who liked her video and started following her. Within two months, she had like 15 million followers on TikTok. I don't know if she did any more videos. She had an IC, a deal with ICM for TV and film, de- TV film influencer deals. ICM's major talent agency in, in, in Los Angeles, Hollywood talent agency. She got all this production guarantees, all this money, and became super famous within a few months. And then now, recently, there's a guy accusing her of sexual... Another TikTok guy accusing her of sexual assault, probably looking for some kind of financial settlements, right? And the weird... She sexually assaulted a guy when she was in her teens? Just this past year. Okay. So I think she's 19 now. I don't know. But yeah, so, I mean, you and I have traditionally laughed at charges of sexual assault against a woman, against a, 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 a non handicapped person, <laughs> right? Another 19-year-old guy. Yeah. But maybe she, I'm assuming she didn't, sex, she didn't have like sexual intercourse with him, but maybe she put her hands in his pants and grabbed this junk like this team doctor from Michigan. Something that you could probably get away with, but then it could later be legally defined as sexual assault mm-hmm. that a woman could get away with. Um, and uh, and the, my whole point of this thing with TikTok is this, this all happened in eight months. A, a complete nobody makes a piece of content, stupid, whatever it may be, Becomes super famous, has millions of fans, diehard fans suddenly, like screaming her name, gets signed to Hollywood deals, contracts, gets all this money, gets all this guaranteed money. So now she's going to be rich uh, and is going to be on, you know, brand OJ commercials and dumb TV shows and stuff like that. And then gets accused of sexual assault. Maybe it's a money grift. Who knows? That's started already within eight months. Like, how do you even process that time? That's that stuff always that stuff always happened, by the way. It just took you know, to athletes, other people, but it took years. Like it took years. Like LeBron knew he was going to be a multimillionaire NBA player from the time he was probably what sixth grade, seventh grade. Mm. So he had five years of people, friends asking for money, agents trying to sign him, girls trying to get pregnant by him through high school, all that dirty shit. Because you're about to be one in a million person, he had time to adjust to that. Had some time to find mentors, people who he could trust. People, you know, went through some probably bad issues or whatever, got, got used a few times. So even by the time he's at least even 18, he's already had five, six years of experience with that, knowing he's going to be rich. And, and other athletes, you know, they go through college football, whatever. They know by the time they're 21, they've had glombers on and people taking advantage of them. They've been famous for five or six years. This happens like in minutes, like literally in minutes, where you go from a nobody 
to a rich superstar who's going to be exploited in so many ways by other adults and other people, how would you even process? I mean, it sounds way a it sounds incredibly unhealthy, and b how would you even process? Like, how would you even process that? Are there any? Is there any bright prospects for any of these people? I don't know because if you're a teenager, of course you sign with ICM. You're psyched immediately. You think you're the next Elvis. You got to factor in that like you did one video and it wasn't very good and it didn't take that long and you got to wonder like how am I winning this lottery right now? And then if you look at it, that from, feels like you putting yourself in the minds of the teenage girl. I know, but would I be like, look, am I that hot? Is my dancing even good? Uh, it's but you know, of course you're going to get excited, and then you're a burnout by the time you're 17. But I don't know. Do you just go back to like I think of it like it benefits Hollywood because besides the George Clooney's and this is true a lot more as of a few years ago, but they would cycle through black actors. Yes, there'd be the new hot black guy because they don't move into getting producing credits right. and executive producing stuff. So they don't share in the money. You just you know you look at them as expendable, and say Instagram eventually gets bought. By NBC Universal or whatever, I don't, you know, I'm just hy- hypothetically, obviously, right. um, it it benefits them to have this culture of people that like don't get paid and just throw up free content and are utterly replaceable. So, you, you know, you're, you're casting a movie, you hire this chick, and then even if it gets to that point, she's yesterday's news. It's like porn, you know, like you're a milf by the time you're <laughs> 24 years old or sure. something. You're one. I do love, I do love the, uh, um, who's the woman who's running for another, one of those ex-porn stars is running for governor too in California. And they always like use the title ex-porn star, which I contend doesn't really exist. Like <laughs> it's sort of like saying you're an ex-heroin addict. Right. I just feel like once you've like, once you've done 150 videos of double penetration on film, the X part doesn't come around. It you're you're always a porn. Just like you're always an alcoholic, you're always a porn star. That is yeah. like you've been so badly. Your past is so badly tainted. You you never actually over. <laughs> like you're one missed mortgage payment away from going back to Chatsworth and shooting that scene. And and they always have the stories too about like well I started working in this very conservative office environment and the male coworkers knew me yes. as the chick that fucked five hundred guys. On camera, and a few of them even mentioned it, and I felt very uncomfortable. Yes. And I'm thinking, like, how could you not mention it uh, outside <laughs> of wanting, not wanting to lose your job? But of course, everyone's thinking the same thing. Yep. You got more than a few questions. Were you sore the next day? I don't know. And, and because, by the way, we're now in the digital age, even though it was 20 years ago, everything you did is on you porn or whatever. So all your coworkers can see 80 videos of you like with half a second. Right. So the X part is like sort of like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like if you were like, uh, like say, were in the military and you committed military heinous military crimes where you killed like some innocent family, that just does. You don't just like leave the military. And go like, yeah, that was the old me. Like that was when I was a, a soldier. But I'm an ex-soldier now, so I don't really even talk about that. And like, right. no, you killed, you firebombed 13 villagers for fun. That still that still sticks with you. Yeah, usually it's the most notable thing you did. Yeah, like on Bruce or Caitlyn Jenner's Wikipedia page, I don't think it's going to say politician or gubernatorial candidate no it's gonna say decathlon it's gonna say decathlon guy that turned into a woman <laughs> on tv I'm, really I'm gonna go, now you mentioned i'm gonna go on uh, her wikipedia page later and make some, make some edits that is one of my <laughs> one of my things do you think that this this so like you know i was thinking like i always think about like sharon tate like someone who came to hollywood who was hot got used over like a four or five year period and eventually murdered um 
But it used to be at least a multi-year timeline from the ingenue showing up off the bus. I mean, she may get attacked by some you know, more predatory people right away. But when she got into the Hollywood system, she got the movie like you mentioned, or she got a TV deal or did some shampoo commercials. She worked her way up. Eventually, she has the older boyfriend, Hollywood producer, whatever. But it always takes multiple years before they get used. Now it's like happening like in a really quick timeline. Do you think this stuff is any different than it was before? Like, I always think, I always think people who are very uh, uh, in the everything in and now is historically worst it's ever been. People love to say that. Mm-hmm. Like the times we live in are always the worst this or that ever because they, of course, didn't live in these other times. Like this COVID, it's the worst pandemic ever. I'm like, yeah, I, I bet, bet we had a, bet we had some times like in the 1200s when uh, it got a little worse. Got a little worse. Like 80% of the people died. Right. Um, there was actually, I looked up the, Span- the Spanish flu, the 1918 flu. It came out of from England to New Zealand, and it went to like Samoa and Tahiti and other places, and actually killed half the population in a month. Like literally, like fifty percent of every Samoan on this one island died within a month. So we've had worse. There've been there've been worse times. The pandemic's been very hard on women. I want <laughs> you to know that. Yes, that's right. Especially discriminatory. Yeah, even though it's killed more, way more men. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but do you think this the TikTok, Instagram stuff, like the, the instant, instant fame, getting them into the exploitation cycle, or just the content alone that they're creating, do you think it's actually worse than it's ever been before? Do you think we're being modernist, uh, biased by saying this is the worst shit I've ever seen? Because I don't know about you, I watched a lot of crap when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and a lot of, there were a lot of famous pop stars who sucked beyond belief. Um, so I don't know how much of this is actually like, I think the timeline has sped up, but I'm not sure the actual process has changed at all. I'm not sure. I mean, so we're talking about this girl. She got so it discriminates against people that are talented because it's more of much more of a crapshoot now. But you know, she gets signed to this agency. She's uh, going to be doing some kind of SAG production where they make sure that uh, you're taken care of, that you're not nude in front of people if you don't want to sure. be. That there's just like no they took care of the Michigan football players. Simulated. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's a st- she's a, a dangerous. She's a worth a lot of money now, so she probably gets the special protections. Well, everyone has more protections. I mean, compared yes. to the studio system days where sure. Marilyn Monroe had to fuck the director to get a part, right, and take pills and I stuff think to calm down and lose amounts of weight that killed her and uh, all kinds of things. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's better now in that regard. Um, on, on but do you think this? Hand, do you think the? Do you think like the teen? young person, this exploitation cycle, or just the content that's being put out that kids are watching, all this stuff. Do you think it's any worse than it always was? And I'm thinking now you probably came up there in the Power Rangers generation when every kid, I, for some reason I didn't, but like every 12 or 13 year old they watch Power Rangers, which essentially is not better than girls dancing in sweatpants to Cardi B music in, yeah. terms, of qual- in terms of like sophistication level. No, I didn't, I didn't watch that show. It was, it was bad, but... Uh... Oh, you're talking about the product. Well, I'm talking about the product and the people who are becoming... Because I'm watching The Goonies the other night, and Corey Feldman has talked about how he was... Him and Corey Haim were both molested. Oh, yes. And, you know, most kid actors of that generation probably had something bad happen to them or were at least exposed to it. I think now people are aware of it. It still happens, probably less. Um, but that's legit. I'm talking like Vanilla Ice, right? I'm talking like people who became super famous... Quickly well, for making the, crap. Probably for crap. the production value was better on a yeah. lot of it. Like Vanilla Ice sucked, but honestly, when people hear that song, they start dancing. Yeah, if you're at a club. Now he didn't, of course, create. The, he he just stood there and like danced in the video. 
yeah, and, he and was he, a, and cut his and bleached his hair. He was kind of a boy toy. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna be some generationalist and like, oh, stuff was so much better when I was a kid because I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it was, but I, I would say that I guess if there's all right, so there's two ways to look at it. So you pick uh, Paul Abdul for no apparent reason. She's not a good singer, and you she know is. she's okay looking. And you're like, you're the next thing. Why? Who knows? Um, so at least there's more competition now, you would think, because think. there's so many more people doing it to select the person that stands out more. Um, on the other hand, it's, you know, when, when something goes viral, yeah. uh, is there a reason for that? It, it can't just be... Well, no, there, I mean, so here's the thing. So TikTok, it actually, it gets voted. So people are voting on it. And these might be idiot 12-year-old girls. But they are the stuff that goes to the top is they're voting. I mean, they're literally it's like Reddit. It's essentially Reddit for for teenage girls. So the upvotes go higher on TikTok. So this girl in sweatpants dancing got a lot of people to say they loved her video. Now you can question their judge their judgment, but I mean, among all the girls in sweatpants who were dancing that day, yeah, I'm going to go out and I'm just forming my opinion now. But I think it's more of a meritocracy now because back then. You either had to live in L.A. and have psycho parents yes. to get cast as a pop star, Mickey Mouse Club, or you're in a mall in Minneapolis and someone goes, hey, can I see your kid? <laughs> yes. hey, I want him to audition. Be like, oh, get the fuck away from me or I will tase you in the balls. And, the, you know, and now you can do it. You don't have to leave your room or your house. You can do it safely. Put it up there. People like it. So I'm going to be inclined to say that the product will actually benefit from that. Can you imagine there was a time in this nation not very long ago when a guy's job was to go around malls and talk to attractive young children <laughs> and saying he could make them a star? Like, I, all I, want, I just want to get some pictures of you. Like, and people went like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, that's, a, that's an earnest profession. <laughs> like, it's sad. And, of course, it's sad, all the kids that got molested and raped. Oh, my God. But they also made a lot of money. It's almost more sad the ones whose mom was like, yeah, go ahead and, you know, see if you want to molest him and then kick him back to me if you don't feel like it. <laughs> you know, how, how much do you, you have to feel so unloved at that point. I feel so bad for the, I honestly, like you and I think agree on this. Like if an adult wants to get into like an exploitative business like Hollywood, if, if Rose McGowan wants to get into like having to sleep with Harvey Weinstein, that's on her, right? Mm. She's 24, 25. She's getting paid a lot of money and it's a fucking dirty disgusting business but she's an adult she's getting paid and she knows there's a reason she's getting paid and so we don't feel we feel less sorry for her but when it's a fucking kid and, and their parents of all people are the ones pushing them into it mm-hmm. and then they're getting like then they're with fucking Larry Nasser with like the casting director from Disney Kids who's like it has to be alone with a nine year old then I'm like Jesus Christ you just sold your children to like sex basically just sold your child to sex slavery yeah it's essentially what you did for so some- this could eliminate at least a lot of that yeah yeah no, this is I mean, actually, I, I'm not going to talk up TikTok, but it actually is, is, let's face it, everything that's called female empowerment, empowerment ultimately comes down to girls dancing in bikinis, and they just have to say they're empowered by it. So, mm-hmm. you know, Elizabeth Hurley at 55 puts out her half naked, her, covering her breast photos, and it's super empowering. They're like, every one, the woman, there was a woman, I think I sent you this like a month ago, an actress, TV actress who got her breast in, implants and said, I don't, I dare to share this empowering, this was empowering for me, and all the women applaud. I'm like, you got big fake tits. Are you serious? like seriously? Like, that's like, you know, everything ultimately comes. It's never like I got a law degree. Yeah. Like, like I studied all. I studied really hard, and I, I'm now a carpenter. Let's well, like an like, influencer. <laughs> it's like uh, I influence people. How and who? You know, 
I, I think like John F. Kennedy was an influencer because right. he like passed the Civil Rights Act as an example. <laughs> quite a few other ones. Every entertainer is an influencer. It's just that they have a more uh, selective category to put themselves in. Right? Well, yeah, I think even women, even women, young women understand that to get popular, you got to start taking your clothes off. Yeah, that's just. That's just been true since well, the why dawn. Why can't you just be a bikini model? Stop pretending. Uh, because you have to. You, th- then you get voted. I mean, again, you have to be voted down. You have to say, like, doing this dance in my in my sports bra made me feel really empowered because my abs aren't as str- my abs aren't as good as the other girls, and I feel really like you know. I mean, at some level, the guy being the great athlete and the girl being half naked is always going to sell within their within their perspective demographics. Mm-hmm. There's just no. They, they, you know, Having just empowerment, I look at those. I look at the influencers who are just women who are doing empowerment, like women in suits and in, in business suits. Eleven views. Girl doing uh, a nearly topless dance video about empowerment. Eleven million, eleven million <laughs> views. And by the way, that's not the guys pushing those numbers. That's girls pushing those numbers. Yeah, there's always you know during the grunge era, one of my favorite eras of music. You know, the guys Cobain and these guys. They had to like pretend they weren't banging groupies. Yes. Because right. they were like really, I don't know how banging a willing groupie is misogynistic or whatever, but that was just what they were going with. Um, and yeah, now you can't just be a bikini model. You have to claim it's for some higher purpose of saving the hippopotamus or something. But uh, I just, I, I don't know. I wish we could just be more honest, but that's kind of. It's, it's, fem- it's obviously to the female audience too, because the dudes don't give a shit what their backstory is. No. So if she said, "I just want to get, to, I, I just want to stop hooking," so I'm doing bikini modeling and look at my tits, the guys would be like, "Yeah, <laughs> like the the whole the whole backstory thing, the whole f- fake empowerment thing is designed for women." There was that copy of the girls uh, like five years ago, outrage. The copy of the Girls Life magazine, Boys Life magazine, and Boys Life magazine was how to build model race cars, how to build a rocket ship and go into space, and all that shit. And the Girls Life magazine, produced by the same company, was how to get your hair looking good, right. how to get shiny, how to get shiny lip gloss. You know, how to look good for the prom, all that stuff. And they call how sex, like, boys are being taught to be constructive and labor and, and reach for the stars, literally. And girls are being taught to have shiny hair so they look good for boys. And it was like, develop some, in their own minds, a conspiracy about how this came about versus just the fact that that's what the boys and girls were buying. <laughs> like, versus, like, that's what appealed to them to buy the friggin' magazine. Right. Was what was the hair? I think the girls actually wanted to know the lip gloss stuff. They didn't want to know how to get in space. The boys don't want the grooming grooming product stuff. They want to know how to build a model race car. Yeah. Why do uh, <laughs> you know why why do male action f- star movies do better than female? And why is there no male Miss America pageant or Mister America? Right. Because it would suck. It'd be weird, and no one would want to watch it. What about those aerobic ones where the guys go in their leotards and dance <laughs> dance contests? Like the top, the top aerobic dance teacher, or whatever it is. Those are oddly entertaining. <laughs> so I've never seen guys spring that much in my life. They're very springy. They're very springy fellows. Those boards are. Ama- I mean, if you ever get a chance at a gymnastics place or a track and field, the type bouncy of, thing, the bouncy stuff. You know, the pummel horse with that springboard. Anything springy, yeah. with giant pads, is really fun. To have you fuck been? A, with. Have you been in like a real, uh, like a boxing or wrestling ring either? Yeah, same idea. Which is you don't understand, like they don't want cement. They don't want people falling and hitting cement on the floor. <laughs> and they also dance the whole time. They bounce the whole time. Mm-hmm. So they have to make a bouncy floor so that people don't A die when they fall down and B they can don't shatter their knees after twelve rounds of boxing. 
but it's actually very springy. Like you can yeah. get some good height off. It's that fun to, and there's when they do those gymnastic routines. There's a whole floor, yeah, essentially of that. But it's there's some springs underneath, and you feel like a superhero for yeah. about five minutes, just running and bounding on it. It's <laughs> yes. incredibly fun before they kick you out. Well, you see, like Hulk Hogan slam, body slam someone, and the person bounces off the ground. Right, that doesn't happen on cement. Like yeah, I mean, don't your bounce. spine would be <laughs> yeah. destroyed after yeah. one match. People don't bounce. People actually don't bounce off the ground. It doesn't happen <laughs> like naturally. If you get if you get thrown to your back on the ground, you don't bounce. You know, it's just you just lay there and, and, and groan in pain. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm going to give thumbs up to TikTok. I think it's my contention is that teenagers have been idiots forever. And picking on like what they do in any given generation just makes you look like an old, old, old yeah. Asshole. You're, you're like a pollster in the way you sort of structured this because I ended up agreeing with you. Yes, and I think you're right though. I uh, push, I push polled you. Yeah. Like, how would you feel about this candidate if you learned that they used to rape children? <laughs> like, more or less likely to vote for me? Like, what? I got those before. I got those push polls before. Did you know Hillary Clinton? Uh, if if you learned Hillary Clinton once ha- adopted 17 kids and then murdered them, buried them in the backyard, would you be more or less likely to vote for her against Donald Trump? You know, you're like, okay, that's good. You're like, what, what, what? Like, like, what? One of the funniest jokes I ever heard was this comedian who was very hacky and, and not known or notable and not good. But uh, his joke was just an obvious observation of like, so you're on CNN and you go, do you approve of Joe Biden? And 43% say yes yeah. and 30% say no. And the rest is no opinion. <laughs> right. So like who would possibly, what kind of loser would call in <laughs> right. to no. say I don't have an to opinion? Express no opinion. He probably stole it from someone. I might steal it from him. If not. There was a, uh, they did also study, I don't know if it was a study, informal studies that college someone did about like, who are the people that actually call in to talk radio? Because less than 1%, typically less than 1% of an audience of any talk radio show calls in to, mm-hmm. to be on the air. Um, probably true. That stat's probably true in most of those interactive environments. And it really is just the psychologically craziest people <laughs> among the audience. Because most people just, if, if they like a show, whatever the show is, political or news or sports or whatever, they just want to listen to it. Yeah. They don't have to call Jim Rome, right, to be the guy who calls Jim Rome to like want to do his, ta- his five-minute take that he's rehearsed. And show what like would that. you get out of it? And even if you if you could call and get on the air right away, it'd be like, all right, well, maybe I'll have a conversation with Jim Rome for yeah. three minutes just so he can fill time and I don't get paid. But I, I'm pretty sure you're waiting for days or yes. hours. and You're practicing your little routine. Ruin the whole experience completely. <laughs> you're practicing your little... I, I would make fun of it, but I feel that way every time I post something on Twitter. Which is just like... <laughs> like I thought it was a funny joke. I'm going to post it on Twitter so one person might see it. <laughs> it goes away forever. Matt, that's our show for today. You got something. Uh, you got lots of stuff going on, man. What do you uh, besides charging money for people to come see Logan Paul fights at your house? <laughs> what do you? What do you? What business model are you up to these days? Oh uh, well, the Murder on Ice podcast. I've been uh, promoting that. It's a really good product. Very, very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Trying to get some money out of it. And then I can't remember if I told you about the new one that's called Death Row Diaries. I love it. All right, that's not out yet. But the co-host is literally on Death Row. Nice. Yeah, he's sitting on death row talking to me. He's got time. We don't have a lot in common. Yeah, he's allowed to use the phone as much as he wants because he's been there for uh, nearly 40 years. Does he haggle and go, like, I got a lot of options. I got a lot of opportunities <laughs> right now. Like, um, what, what, why would I want to work with you? I got so many people wanting to work with me. 
Uh, no, but you know, he has got a book published from Death Row, which is more than I've done. But so. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they're not allowed to make money, right? You can't collect any of the proceeds from it. Uh, no, he actually, you can put it into a trust, though, and you can have like your family really get the money. Okay, I didn't so. know. That. I thought you, there was some California passed some law, I'm sure other states, where you can't like a criminal cannot profit off of the you know, the, 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 the publicity around their crime. No, but I think it's that you can like designate it to someone else and maybe, and I should actually know this, but maybe the law is like about the specific crime. Okay. Like you can't write a book about the woman you murdered. So you can rape and murder three women, but then you could do a cookbook, let's say. I think so. (laughs) I think so. I don't don't know precisely. Maybe not like a how to rape women book, but like a how to, how to bake a, how to bake a strudel book. Yeah. (laughs) Make some money off it. That sounds, uh, by the way, Death Row Diaries, I have no idea what it's about. I mean, I have a general idea what it's about. But uh, that's a great name. Let me just talk about, like, you know, because he's on death row. So he's encountered Charles Manson and Richard Ramirez mm-hmm. and these guys and lived essentially on their block. So so he's like the gossip girl of death row? Uh, he's like the, the inside expert. Okay. Yeah, he's like the uh, John Madden of death row. Uh, uh, is this, this is awkward, but, like, uh, um, I know when you meet, like, ex-military people, like, you know, say so you serve, whatever, you don't ask specifics about, like, you know. Hey, you kill a lot of people in Iraq or like stuff like that. Do you do you ask the guy like what he's in like what he Well, he can't talk specifics about the crime because it's being like litigated and, oh, okay. and stuff, but like I know I know what happened. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can you give me a quick summary of who I will find on your summary on your who you, I mean, I, I got to say as your other podcast partner, I'm kind of <laughs> curious about what kind of people you select <laughs> to be a podcast partner. So well, tell me a little bit about this guy real quickly. He was 18 years old. And he was competing in uh, karate tournaments and, like, underground street fights. And his dad, since he was, like, 15, was giving him vitamins, but they're actually steroids. And he was, like, uh, he's a Colombian guy, so he's very devout Roman Catholic. His girlfriend's mom, he claims physically uh, and sexually was abusing her daughter, who was his girlfriend. Then the mom tricked her into getting an abortion. He looked at that as, you're killing my child. And he got angry and uh, smashed her head in. Really? Yeah. That's it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not so bad. <laughs> I mean, for a death row story, that's not so bad. No, he probably he shouldn't be on death row. But I mean, the guy, the Golden State Killer, is, I don't think he's even getting death row. He killed, like, what, 30 people and raped, like, 50 more? I mean... Well, there is a lot of racism when it comes to who's on death row. It's supposed to be the Richard Ramirez guys and the worst of the worst. And uh, while all these cram- crimes are, are heinous, it's not supposed to be... Uh, the guy who killed his buddy when they were drunk over a gambling debt. Yeah, I'm going to go and get, investigate this because I feel like you're giving the defense attorney for one of you. It's like, this all happened really fast. It's kind of a blur. Right. Perhaps he spent six months plotting her murder, bought some weapons, figured out how to hide the, hide the evidence. It's hard to tell. Life. It was a long time ago, so yeah. I'm kind of kind of beholden to... His dad gave him steroids. These are all mitigating circumstances. He didn't, you know, he was a, a Roman uh, Orthodox Roman Catholic... The All crazy sorts. thing about getting sentenced to death in California is you have to have uh, an extending circumstance. So right, if right. you're in the commission of a robbery, right. that's a second felony. A second felony. The second thing you're doing, yeah. which would be every crime. Unless you just randomly walk up to a guy in the street and shoot him in the head, you're going to be in the commission of a robbery, another murder, like having an illegal gun. Uh, yeah. All these things are grounds for. The death sentence, and I'm not trying to like. Say, it's, it's, let's be honest. It's usually rape. 
or child sexual assault or you know it's not usually like and you murder someone and jaywalking <laughs> like you were right. like you you went across the light to actually go kill this person yeah, so now we have you now we have you always gonna be doing something else yeah the other interesting thing about uh, being on death row in California is they actually don't kill you ever. No. So you like I don't. It's been I don't know how many years it's been since so they murdered. They put someone to death, but a long time. Yeah. And then before that, there was a break. They did it again for like five years, and then before that was like a thirty-year break. So since the seventies, seventy-four, I want to say they've executed twelve people in right. California. Yeah. And and uh, and not another one for like the last. However many years, 20, right. 12 years. Or I and and then the, the second weird thing is when a judge steps in and says, yeah, the way you're killing them is not, is just mean. <laughs> like, you're killing them in a mean way. Right. You have to kill them. Like, the government, if the government's going to put people to death, it should be in a very painless, you know, go to sleep kind of situation. Well, there's a guy in Utah about 10 years ago, and they gave him the choice, I guess, was the way their system works. So they're yep. like, you can have the lethal injection or the gas or a firing squad. We'll just shoot you. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, just just shoot me. It's, it seems less macabre, you know. It, I would, wouldn't you choose that? I would choose that in a second. I think I would choose the shooting. Yeah, well, if nothing else, you think about your, you know, it's what's more manly. I mean, that's clearly more manly. Like, I want to be slowly drugged with a mixture of cocktails and have a, a guy check my with a stethoscope to see if I'm still breathing. And It's also more humanitarian because the guy uh, who's administering the lethal injection, he's literally killing a guy. Yeah. With the firing squad, there's five or six, ten guys to give uh, all of them blanks, except one. Oh, really? So I they don't know, know who did the killing. I did not know which that. Which is good for their mental health. So it's always like, uh, Gary Gary killed him. I didn't kill him. I just, yeah. <laughs> like, you're, everyone claims to do the blanks. Like, first of all, why would you be in the business of doing this if you were getting the blanks? Like, you're still a murderer. Oh, kind those of. guys argue for the bullet. Yeah, I yeah. guarantee. You're still a mur- you're still a guy who pulls the trigger on someone not knowing it's something. Like, yeah, you're man. still a psycho in a little bit of ways. I'm a, I'm against. I'm actually anti. I'm very hard in crime, but anti death penalty. I don't like yeah, the government killing. You know, I'm a vigilante justice. I get a little bit into. Like you know, someone rapes your daughter, you go kill him. All right, yeah. I'm good with that. But like the government spending 20 years on a lawyer sanctioning you to death. But yeah, bullets are the cool thing. I would just say overtone wise, it sounds like you're becoming a little Stockholm syndrome with these uh, death row people you're, you're hanging with. <laughs> So if you're gonna marry, if you end up marrying one, I'm not gonna be that shocked. But uh, uh, when, when can we listen to Death Row Diaries? Um, Working not on not by the time this is out, but, but he'll still be alive. Weeks. He'll still be alive. Oh yeah, they always die. By the way, tell them to lay off the the, the carbs because they always die in death row of, of uh, diabetes. Mm. So that's and heart attacks because they all get fat, they all get really fat, I think, and then they have very poor health, of course, because they're in death row. Yeah, and they all die like at 62 from you know from heart attacks or diabetes or something like that. I'll pass the information along. <laughs> Thanks. All right, I got nothing, absolutely nothing going on. This is Lex. Last minute. Talk to you next week. Kinko's in his Kinko car, pockets full of change, lots of dirty pictures and sticky candy canes. All the kids love Kinko for the presents that they get. Silly leather clothes to wear and happy cigarettes. <laughs> Hi, boys and girls. My name is Kinko the Clown. <laughs> and I really love you boys and girls. Really, really. <laughs> but my legs get tired standing out in the parking lot handing out stale Tootsie Rolls to you little rugrats. So if anyone wants to come back to Kinko's trailer and massage his legs, he'd really, really like it. Okay, really, Kinko. really. <laughs> Go to Kinko's Clubhouse sometimes after school. We play in Kinko's crawl space, there's never any rules. We have to sit on Kinko's lap, there's never any chairs. Kinko likes to tickle us and give us funny stares. <laughs>